You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. So we're speaking with Elise Vercella. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And uh, Elise, as you might have seen, there's some poetry episodes. Uh, I personally adore poetry, and this is Poetry Friendly Zone, and I love great poets. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It makes me so happy that you're a fan of poetry. Yeah, yeah. I um geeky enough to have studied uh, both Old English and Middle English poetry uh, as an undergraduate in studies, so which takes a particular mindset. But um, <laughs> What were some of your favorites? Well, you know, I, I got to tell you something strange about this since, yeah, let's just talk poetry. I had this professor, I was at the University of Rhode Island, and he... Uh, his approach was was really different, right? So we're reading old and middle English uh, poetry, kind of like of the epic sort, you know, and mm-hmm. fragments and all this. And he was so uh, deep on the intonation and the power of the cadence and of the mm. sounds that we almost studied it from a, a way of which my mind wouldn't necessarily want to think about it because I'd be like, what are the concepts behind it? Like what is historical event is this referring to? But we got pulled back all the time to how it sounded and he would recite it. And it was such a, that was such a different way of uh, looking at it. So I became versed in a very different way early on in studying uh, poetry. And of course I had uh, studied a lot of, um, you know, some of my favorite poets being, uh, Robert Frost, um, okay. the contemporary poet I adore and I hope is on the show sometime, Morgan, Park, uh, Morgan Parker. Okay. Um, was, there are more beautiful things uh, than Beyonce as one collection she had done. But um, Oh, I love that title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, she has another title, which is provocative. Others, people, comfort keeps me up at night. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. Check out Morgan Parker. But we're talking about you, Elise uh, Versella. <laughs> and I found I was going into this episode and my mind shifts a little bit thinking more about poetry. Um, I'm actually picky about poetry. I adore um, I adore uh, really moving poetry and it's like jazz for me. Like I'm picky about mm. jazz, but when I hear jazz that I love, I feel the music more than other types, but only with particular things. So Absolutely. I really, uh, I really enjoy your, your poetry and, and its power. And I've read when wolves become birds and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's. I wanted you to talk about um, your poetry and talk about uh, talk about this book and transformation. Yes. Oh man. So this book was written over the course of like a good six years. I was in. I was leaving a job. I was leaving a boyfriend. My grandfather had died, so there was a lot of. I think I was about twenty five. So I was like at this very strange cusp of like, we're no longer like a teenager anymore. We're not like early twenties. 
you know, I'm trying to like move forward in a career and, you know, just becoming my own person and having lost that in the relationship that I was in. And so a lot of this book became a sense of grieving, not just like you would a death, but like a, like an emotional death. And so grieving parts of myself as I'm growing up and maturing um, and figuring out what I really wanted from life. And it felt like at that moment in my life, I was very stuck. So once the poem started kind of taking shape, I found it to be like, like the myth of the werewolf. I kind of felt like I am trapped in this monstrous body and how do I shed that skin and remind myself that, you know, I have so much opportunity if I just had the courage to take it. So then the book kind of became this whole, we're going from the wolf to a bird and reminding yourself that, you know, if you just unfurled your wings and like took off, you can have like whatever you're reaching for. So I think, I, a lot of yeah. this book uh, yeah, helped me get over a lot of stuff. Yeah. And oh, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to, you know, to, to jump in right there, but oh, no. one of the pieces I'm really, uh, I really pick up on is like a uh, change and transformation. And, um, you know, I can uh, personally relate to it in, in the way of, as I identified as an artist and creator, my entire life has been transformed. And, you know, the, the, the process of becoming or trying to understand can be such an active process for, for anybody. Right. And, and loss and loss, right. And within that process. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's never really over. I kind of feel like you're always, losing some I don't want it to sound like it's a terrible thing to lose I think you're losing layers of yourself and maybe the things that society puts on you or you know growing up things that your parents might put on you so I think when we go through life the transformation is always happening and just trying to become the best version of yourself I was, um, I've, I've been listen. I had listened to a book recently. It's called Heartbreak by Florence Williams. And, um, she's a writer I've been interested in. She's done uh, books on the transformations that happen. If you go into the woods, what happens mm. physiologically, uh, psychologically. So some kind of deep experiences. And what she studied was the study of heartbreak and the reality of that loss and how coming to terms with the importance, enormity, and seriousness of the traumatic event is really important. And to talk about it in scientific terms, just to realize what is happening and, and why that it, it doesn't feel like it goes away or why is it three years later and I'm still having this thought that feels pretty now, right? Stuff right. like that. And yeah. I think, I think um, maybe like young teenage girls are always, people mock them in a sense because it's like, it's just a boy, just get over it. And it's 
kind of, it is a very traumatic thing, especially like your first heartbreak, or even as you get older and like you've experienced different kinds of heartbreak, you know, different relationships end sometimes more traumatically than others. And that is a thing we all need space to heal. Like we have to allow people to go through that and not mock them for their grieving of it. Well, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And well, even obviously I, I, I agree there, but even on, um, you know, just learning through that book heartbreak is that when you talk about the science and you talk about medical facts, the number one health risk for, you know, women of a certain age, maybe I don't want to quote anything, uh, not specific, but, you know, from like 30 to, you know, 60 is a divorce or a loss of a partner. It, the other indication, the other uh, health risk pale in comparison to the loss. So even just looking as a, a crass scientific medical yeah. <laughs> matter and not poetically, which of course is important, <laughs> it, like we have to come to terms with when we've lost, it isn't just some shit that just happens, happens to everybody. Yeah, it does, but it's significant when it happens. Absolutely. So. I mean, I used to work <laughs> at a, I used to work on a senior assisted living when I was a teenager and people would talk about, you know, people dying of broken hearts. Like if you're, you've now reached this age and your life partner passes. Yeah. Shortly after, usually you would see that shortly after, the other half of that partnership passes away pretty quickly as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th well, thank you for when wolves become birds because you know, the what's, what's in there I think can be really helpful. And again, pausing and acknowledging on things that aren't flippant. They're the opposite of, <laughs> yeah. they're the, uh, they're, they're the op opposite of that. Um, so uh, I really enjoy um, I really enjoy talking about poetry, and one of the, one of the things I wanted to ask you, which is one of the bigger conceptual questions, as a mm -hmm. you know, as a creator, uh, as a writer, a poet, when did you see yourself as, as an artist, like as part of your identity? Uh, is that a a moment or a development? Oh, or have you always been? What's your uh, What's your relationship with being an artist? So I feel like I've always in some form been artistic. And I do remember being very small, watching Bob Ross and telling my grandparents, I'm going to be a painter one day. And like all yeah. the, like if you play the game of life and it was like, I'm going to be the artist. Um, so I felt like I thought I was going to be a painter. Um, I still do paint when I'm not writing. But I think the first time I considered poetry, you know, when I was in the sixth grade, so I was like 12 and like very angsty and I couldn't really formulate how I felt verbally. So I would start writing it out and I really owe the whole poetry thing to my um, sophomore year um, creative writing teacher, Mrs. Jessup. She was the first one to be like, you know, I think you, you have some talent here. You should pursue this further. And so I, yeah, I had a lot of really great English teachers and Mrs. Jessup really kind of light that fire for me to consider 
it as something I could pursue. Yeah, let's take that. Take a moment. Thank you, Mrs. Jessup. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> right? I saw her recently, too. I did a book signing at Thunder Road Books in Spring Lake, New Jersey. If anyone's looking to shop yeah, at their local Jersey. bookstore. <laughs> New Jersey rep. Yep. Yes. Um, I saw Mrs. Jessup there, and I hadn't seen her since probably graduation and it was just so good to like actually thank her in person and to be like like look at what you've helped me create essentially yeah thank you i don't think there can be a more important statement i've represented uh those in education for almost a quarter century so uh those that uh look at you and and help you see who you are in that yeah. way that's absolutely uh, that's, before that's you why, even know yourself. Yeah. Right. That's why you break one direction or the other. And for for better or for worse, I mean, I think each narrative is different, but celebrating when somebody's like, Hey, this is what I see. This is what I see in you. And when you're younger, you're being like, Well, I guess that's what I see in myself. They see it in me too. So let's go. It is nice right. to have someone point out something that they see in you like that you know whatever it is if someone because you just want to be seen when you're that age you know yeah i um i wanted to tell you something uh uh at least because i went back and i was trying to figure out because i'm out in the woods of oregon and i love coming yeah. in contact with arts everywhere and i was like how did i find how did i find elise and i figured it out um i oh, thank god this has been like yeah <laughs> yeah so at me. <laughs> So, well, it's good I brought it up because I just made a, I made a note uh, in my, <laughs> my, uh, my art uh, podcast journal. And um, the illustrator, Andrea, and I can't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, H-R-N-J-A-K. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I had seen Andrea's illustrations for quite some time, and I, I believe they're just gorgeous and delicate and... Um, uh, and it was right around that time, probably maybe when you announced your book or some of the lead up artwork or something, oh and that gosh. caught my eye. And then I uh, started to connect with your poetry. Yeah. Listen, I love that so much because it's so, I kind of believe that the universe transpires for us a lot of the time. And when I was trying to find a cover image for this book, I had a very specific idea in my mind and I was just trying and hoping and praying that I could find something that would, you know, be what I saw in my head. And I found this, the image for the book, I found it on Pinterest and I was like, who, who's the artist? And I found her and I remember emailing her and she said, how did you even find that? That is such <laughs> an old phone, like an old piece of art. She's like, let me at least rework I'm, I'm the like colors that. for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that too. I, it but doesn't it matter so where it perfect. was. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just so perfect. Like the image for the cover was exactly what I saw in my head. Like the transformation of a wolf and this woman and the owl. Because I'm super obsessed with like birds of prey. Um, but it, yeah, Andrea did the best job. I love her art oh, so much. It's 
it's an odd combination. You know, it's my my experience of how this comes together in my head is going to be unique. And but for me, it was very interesting to see the combination of like to come in contact with the writing within, but also that on the outside. And it's all it's I think it's a unique experience to see what is reflected visually, um, you know, when somebody else does it somehow. And that's why you ask her for the image. It's like, it, it doesn't matter whether it's your notebook or whatever. It's the image that like is yeah. the book. So like, can <laughs> I, can I have or buy or something, please? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, that's wonderful. great. Yeah. So that's how I, that's, that's how I ran into, uh, into your stuff. So Huge very cool. Shout like out to that. Andrea, bringing people yeah. together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm telling you, it's it's arts organizing. I think that's what yes. the whole project is, getting oh, people together that. to celebrate the the arts. So, uh, and then after my contact with your poetry, then you have you know you have a fan going forward, and you know so it's it's uh, it's a good connection. Um, gonna jump to a big question. You dedicate a lot of time and attention and creativity towards. Uh, what you do uh, the big question is what is art what is art Oof. what is art god it's the thing that keeps us alive isn't it yeah it, keeps, <laughs> it literally, literally is i mean point blank that's what it is what would humanity be without art i mean if you look at society now it's like we should need a lot more art i think I think people need art, A, for connection, because look at what it's done for us right now. Like three people have been connected by art sure, sure. and poetry. Yeah. Um, you find people, like-minded people that you would not have otherwise come across. It makes you feel less lonely as a person um, because a lot of the times, you know, life can be lonely even if you are like surrounded by people, if they don't really understand what's in your heart and soul and you wouldn't know that about someone without art, you know, the kind of movies that they watch, the kind of literature that they read or the music that they listen to, what paintings speak to them, what kind of theater they like to attend. That's all how you get to know a person on a very deep level. So art is like, empathy as well it's how you put yourself in someone else's shoes you know I there are people across so many different borders you would never know what their life is like and how could you unless they're giving you a piece of their art you know that's how you learn about people and cultures I love asking a poet what is art <laughs> <laughs> It's so lofty, but it really is just like no, it's, the it's tether the, that it's keeps feeling. us here. Yeah, it's 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 that it's that feeling. I a lot of question, a lot of uh, answers to the question recently have been kind of like active verbs, and I just keep noticing it. And I think it's tied to, I think it's tied to um, energy. You know, like. Um, yes. You know, you'll be uh, listeners. Um, Elise will be doing some uh, reading, some of her poems, uh, and, and that's going to be coming up in a bit. But you know, the 
the energy of the performance, uh, you know, the spoken word. I do a lot of music on the show, and I found that uh, I talked about this a couple times, but I found that when I've been stuck in the show or somehow, because I've been doing it for four years, so there's different periods, but when mm. I've been stuck, what I've done is I've tapped into the um, energy of the live performance or something that's happening on, on the street to try to tap into some energy to kind of jolt me creatively. And uh, yeah. that's what I like about the, you know, spoken word and poetry and, uh, and, and music. Um, Elise, did you want to do, um, do you want to read a couple uh, poems? I guess I might've prompted that sure. in my head more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What shall we do? Like, two poems you want me to that would be, start with two? Let's, let's, yeah let's do two and then let's do one uh to lead us out okay all right so this first one is called for all the dreams i still have yet to dream and all the dreams once had i said i want to cast spells mother let the pearls drip forth from the oyster shell in my mouth i want to taste the cities mother Hold the earth like a lover holds my hips above the ledge of his. I won't hold secrets and empty promises. I want blood oath and lightning strikes terror and the shriek of a nightmare. Jolting me alive, nocturnal birds once the day sets. Watch the girls as they set their masks down. Embrace our dark nights and vulnerability. That I still cry and shout so you could hear me. Over the sting in my throat, the sting of this salt, these crusting waves. I swear to God, one day I'm going to drown in. But for now, I'm learning how to float. How to sip of love and not get drunk. Oh, how the tide wants to pull me back with her. But I am still a stubborn woman, mother. I am learning how to take a fighter's stance. On shifting plates, I try to pirouette and I am graceless. But thank God for that. Thank God for my vulgar mouth and my two small hands. They hold this bleeding organ like an offering to no God at all but my younger self, that holy ghost, haunting skeletal halls that creak a little more upon waking now. Kneecaps remember what it was like to run, hunched, howling because it hurt to learn I must become a beast. Some of us never shut the pelt for wings, forget we were made for skies and we make our own heavens from the pearly gates of our teeth. A smile that bites back like a dog in the junkyard, a warning behind a chain link fence. We were all born in the gutter with our eyes full of stars. Mother, maybe we did fall to earth from Mars. But I still believe in what we've been building here, even if we burn it down daily. Aren't we all witches set to burn at the stake daily? Joan of Arc, and maybe I am crazy. Crazy as my feet levitate from the grass. As I dance and spin, righteous, divine, like a dervish, I spin in the grass and the dew wets my cheeks. I think I'm crying. For all the lost souls who once held mad dreams, foaming like the seashore at the mouth of their bays, there is no jetty jagged enough to break my wake. Oh, I am dreaming, mother. Do not attempt to wake me. There's always this, I have this in my head. I'm going to say it out loud, Elise. <laughs> What do you say after the poetry performance as a <laughs> podcast host? There's this, uh, I was going to, I came up with uh, Wicked Cool, um, uh, being, being from out I east. Like, uh, yeah. I You know, um, uh, that's uh, uh, fantastic. You have, uh, you have one more for us now, right? Yes, yes. 
I've been told this is a fan favorite. I do have a lot of people come up to me and tell me that this is the one that hits them. So shout out to my dear friend, Becky, who always says she loves this poem. I do believe she said she wanted it tattooed on her. So, Whoa. Uh... I know, right? What a compliment. This is called, I will edit manuscripts, but I will not edit myself. I do not wish for snapshots. I want the whole damn panorama. The extended cut, the unedited scroll you let roll forth from the typewriter like a carpet you did not have pulled out from under you. And I want the dust you swept under that carpet when your mother wasn't looking, when you grew tired of the nagging, after you unpacked all the boxes of your body, you kept closed up, taped shut because you've been so afraid to unpack your baggage and buy furniture with sturdy legs. Legs that will dent the carpet. Legs that might scratch that hardwood if you don't first lay down some velvet to buffer it. I say refuse all buffers. Like bowling without bumpers. Like sometimes I don't care if my ball lies in the gutter scream guttural. If today you cracked the mirror and didn't like the imperfect reflection. Scream if it makes you feel better. Because hawks don't consider the eardrums of earthworms. They scream because they are flying high and they are hunting. They are taking all the opportunity has laid before them because God gave them claws. So do not retract yours. We have deemed declawing inhumane. So what if you scratch a little, if you sting a little, if the blood reminds the spineless, you are still here. Thank you, Elise. Thank you for the Thank poetry. You. Very, very, uh, very wonderful. I, um, uh, live uh, poetry performance and and the energy and uh, you know as as you would probably know but uh, I'm remembering again is you know when you read poetry and then you hear hear that poetry and just uh, how that those words sound going back to how I was yeah. trained when I was much yes. younger does that training stick or does it not Wow uh, it you know, really just, does. Your teacher reminds me of my English teacher, Mr. Hickman, because I feel like he, those two teachers would have gotten along very well. This guy, I got to tell you about this guy a little bit more. And um, uh, his, uh, it was Professor uh, Mensell. And this is English lit, like I said, concentration in poetry. You probably knew everything in the universe, this guy. He had a kind of New York accent. Um, <laughs> little bit of a drawl and just a great pronouncement of like poetic phrases and everything was dramatic when, even when he <laughs> lectured and I was a freshman and he, he liked me, but he'd give me shit. Right. He'd just give me shit. Like, like yeah. I was like some punk kid or something. And he, um, one day he says in the back of class, this is like two weeks into college. He said, I asked some sort of question. He said, Mr. Volante. <laughs> You're a freshman, aren't you? <laughs> that was that was it. I was like, okay. Oh, jeez. I, I, I guess I get the point. All right, sorry, sorry about that. I'll smarten up next time. 
it's the type of thing that can happen uh in in your poetry classes um i was always uh set the right way uh by him though uh great great intellect and uh and great poet so now we we had mrs jessup to thank and thank you becky as well we gotta thank you that's up in uh in in becky going very lengthy Um, thank you list honestly and that i feel like that's just goes to show how important community really is. Well, when you think about what you create and you start to think of maybe influences and people and your, if your mind organizes it in that way, that's why your list is like, I got to thank these 36 folks who (laughs) contributed the ideas of this in a conversation in 2017. You know, it's like, it's, it's, I understand, uh, you know, just thinking about that and organizing and acknowledging folks. I got a a question connected to uh, art itself and it's along the lines of the role of art and what you see is the role of art and whether that role is different now, you know, as we record this in 2023 than it's been. So the role of art. Well, the role of art. Now I'm just thinking about how we're uh, protesting down in what is it, Florida now? The David statue. Oh yeah. So, so I'm kind of thinking we we definitely need more art because we need to expand people's small little horizons and views. Um. God, I just going back to empathy because I think the society is really lacking it at this point. How we're so self-centered in a sense that we cannot see how someone else might be living or breathing or walking yeah. through this world. But if yeah. you go through like art history, I kind of just get this sense of you can see how the forefront of what was in people's minds like i'm thinking like renaissance art like we had so many images of god and you know religious iconography sure you you just go through history thinking what did people paint about what did people write about you know you're learning something about history from the people who lived it which I feel is kind of different than if you're getting history from say a textbook or a political standpoint, cause you might not, or the media in fact, because you wouldn't get sure. like the whole story. But if you're getting it from the standpoint of the artists, you get more of a feeling of how people actually are living. So I think the role of art is to tell our stories. Yeah. bring people together I, yeah i think with um i in, in in thinking about art and one of the pieces i think a lot is about as an artist you can ha- inhabit a different space and you can tempt and push your idea of freedom of expression in a way that can be limited right that we might want right. to elegant but in a way in an area where you can't do that in other places, you, you, you can't, you can't get the cover as a non-artist sometimes for some of the things you could do as an artist or, or what you wish to invoke, or if the images you wish to show are disjointed and subversive, it's, 
you know, that there's so much energy in, or, around what an artist might be able to do with that is I, I have general beliefs that I don't accept basic fundamental conceptions of the society I live in and, and the reality and some of the categories that we use around race and how to, I, I, I'm, there's, I have a complicated um, relationship with all that. And I think art has the potential to be an area of liberation and freedom and personal healing that yes. that's where the power is. Like, I can't, I feel sometimes like if you look at society as is, and you try to operate within Ugh. it's, 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 it's really, it's really tough. Or if you're limited by what you expect the horizons to be, do you find, do you find in writing poetry, you have a, a, a type of freedom that you might not be able to find other places? Yes. Yes. And I think that goes back to me not always being able to verbalize how I feel or what I think. So writing the poem is such an easier, it's just so much easier for me to eloquently put down what I think and what I feel and how to process things. I've got a new book coming out, which was very heavily just deals with all of the traumatic things that have been going on in society since like 2020, but obviously before that, but it's a way to process everything um, with, and I think without censoring yourself, because I feel like in some spaces, like you do, you might have to censor a little bit what you say, depending on where you are. Um, yeah, you I recognize think, the audience. There are a lot of times yeah, you recognize an audience. Definitely like, yeah. There are definitely some people that, you know, like just even conversations with my parents, it's like, all right, this conversation, they're not going to, they're just not going to be able to hear this. They can't, you know, comprehend it. Um, so, but I think in that regard, if I write a poem now, it's a little bit easier to ingest maybe like especially if people have differing opinions on things I think there's a way that art makes it a little bit more bite-sized in a sense you could find some piece of it that you everyone can relate to in some way so you could bridge a gap I feel easier with art as a way of communicating poetry. it's a different yes. way of communicating yeah yes. yeah yeah, I definitely, I definitely jive with that. Uh, I want to ask you another uh, big question, so we get all the big questions out of the way. <laughs> or, or looking at it a different way, we use the magic of all the big questions, uh, you know, uh, in the conversation. But uh, of course, the show's title um, is a big question about creation or why things are. Mm -hmm. Is why is there something rather than nothing? That's such a heavy question. <laughs> the one that I've, I've been thinking about all week, honestly, because... It's not an evil laugh that I did when I started. <laughs> no, I know. Because um, there's always got to be something. You have to, as a person, especially, I think especially now, probably everyone for all time has had to find one thing that gets them up in the morning, that keeps them going... 
you know, there are some dark, heavy days that people experience and that nothingness. I mean, we can't, you can't give into that. That is, I think that's also why we have art and those connections with people brought to us by art because you need to hold on to something. This life is very short and that nothingness feels like very daunting and bleak, you know, and so heavy, but just one little something, you know, it's, it can be as simple as like a line in a poem that you just keep going back to and it gets you through like those really bad days. Yeah. That's why there's something rather than nothing. I think of the songs you hold on to, right? That whole concept, yes. the, song, the songs that saved your life, the song, you know, like, um, you know, the it poetry definitely and the lyricism. Think, yeah. Right? Poetry saved my life. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think when we look at, at these areas and how important they are, there's a fight in my head against kind of non-thought through ideas of what artists do and who they are in society, you know, kind of like caricatures or stereotypes. And those can be funny a little bit, right? If, if you're in the right, if you're in the right mood for them. But I think, I think, um, I think there's something unique and special about uh, the artist and being able to pull from different areas where I think we come so specialized in a capitalist society around uh, skills and the value of skills that when you look at what artists do and when you talk to them and it's like, oh, you know, I paint and I do poetry and I can also write business uh, articles and I can also uh, sing and I used to play the piano but I haven't played in uh, three years I also right. do like, you know what I mean and it's like yeah like it feels like you're really you know doing something and uh, that's the energy I've um, I've connected to in art and talking to other artists is like the getting up on and over the getting through yes um, well, and that's probably why I did your poetry too. So, right. Thanks. <laughs> um, no, I feel like, cause like you think about, I don't know, not to knock anybody else's career paths or anything, but I'm always thinking back to like the height of the pandemic and in quarantine and the things that were getting people through was art, your music, the books, you know, the, whatever movies you were able to stream like that is how we got through a very difficult, lonely time. Yeah, like keeping your company. <laughs> like you're yeah. in a different, you're in a different voice. I was talking to a couple guests recently, and just hearing a little bit of the phenomena of listening to a podcast, or maybe like individual artists working in, you know, isolation, or you know, having to crank stuff out in a particular way and listening to like podcasts or creative podcasts to be like, ah, like there's people having a conversation about like this whole creating thing that I'm doing around me. And it was like, oh, that's kind of a cool concept and idea to, to kind of create that type of environment, you know? So. It's necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at least where 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 does everybody go to find you know like the things you create uh, where you are live online? Tell us the title of the new book, all that stuff. Ah uh, yes, so you could find me at elisevercella.com. 
I'm very active on um, Instagram. So you could find me at Elise0x on Instagram. Um, but my website has all of the social media links um, where you can find the books. Um, I will even let you slide into the DMs. And if you wanted a signed copy, that's how you get it. I got one of those. I got yes. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I will take solicitations for books through direct message, but that is all I will take. Solicitations for books. It's, it's, a, it's an open trade of which I've been engaged in for a long time. It's good. It's good. But the new book is called A Psalm for the Weary. It is due out with Alien Buddha Press. Um, we're getting that to you as quickly as possible. You sound to be in that moment. It's going to, it's, it will be, it will arrive. It's, it will. it's happening. There are like so <laughs> many um, that will be arriving at some point this year. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, well, um, no, it's, it's, it's really great to talk to you, uh, Elise. And I got to tell you, um, I don't know if there's a challenge or something on my part. I've had a lot of guests out from Jersey and uh, New York. I mean, like four or five in the last uh, month. I've only had one from uh, oh, yes. up in uh, Massachusetts, Boston area. I'm from Rhode Island. And uh, I'm just saying out loud, I'm not trying to create a competition <laughs> here, but, you know. The New Yorkers are, are pulling ahead. So, um, but uh, it is, it is, it is great to, um, uh, to, to talk to you and, and, to, and to talk poetry. Um, I've had poets, uh, Joanna Valenti and uh, Bunkang Tuan and um, uh, Imran Zainab uh, yeah. on the show and it's, and more. And uh, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to, for me to connect to. Um and I uh, just wanted to thank you for your time, Elise. Thank you for your time. Poets love talking poetry with people, so. I've noticed. Any opportunity I have. <laughs> I notice for everybody out there, uh, poets love to talk about poetry if they, you give we them really the opportunity. Do. <laughs> so Please give I us the opportunity. <laughs> My brain, this is obviously poetry friendly territory, but my brain goes in too many different directions. So there's a <laughs> finite amount of poetry slot. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much. And um, look forward to uh, to the new book. And, um, you know, thanks for talking about, you know, uh, you know, big things like healing and connecting through the arts and uh, getting through. Um, I know that message has a uh, resonance uh, today and uh, yeah. into the future. So, uh, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is something rather than nothing. <laughs>